As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of Football and Grits. It's Thursday. That means that I am your host, David Ubbin. The Athletic, and I'm joined, as I will be every Thursday, by Mitch Light, one of our editors on the college football team. Mitch, we're in the thick of it. It's week two. How, how are we feeling, bracing for another weekend of a full slate of SEC football? Feeling great, David. I think I echo what every college football fan felt last weekend while we enjoyed the run-up all the way back to the what Central Arkansas-Austin P game in week negative one or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> this really felt like the first week in a college football and just the two early games were fun. I love that CBS 230 game. I don't care who's playing. Just it feels like such an important game. Appointment viewing. The music's the greatest. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to cry when that CBS game is gone. There'll still be important SEC games at 230 or 230 Central, 330 Eastern every Saturday. But it's just not going to be the same without CBS. So it's just, yeah, a great day of college football. Yeah, it's weird. I'm going to miss that too. There's something about that CBS game, the Notre Dame on NBC, the novelty of it, that it just feels like, oh, I should be watching this versus the presentation of Central Central Arkansas and Austin Peay is not all that different on ESPN than what you'd see from, uh, you know, in Auburn, Georgia, if it was on ESPN. And I think that it's a it's a weird spot. I'm gonna miss it. Uh, I'm gonna miss uh, all that crew. Of course, the classic uh, soundtrack. But uh, listen, we've got it now. Let's cherish it. <laughs> it. Exactly. And before we move on to that, it's almost sort of like game day. Maybe not as much as game day has been around, but first ten years of game day, it was a huge deal. I guess it still is in non COVID mm-hmm. times. When game day comes to your campus. Unless you're Alabama or you're Florida, you've arrived. That's a big yeah. deal. It's a big deal for programs like Mississippi State and Arkansas. You know, you know the, the top programs are are they're used to having Gary and the crew in town. But it, it's a big deal for your program when the two thirty CBS crews in town. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, this is the second full week of football and grits. We hope you guys are enjoying it. We're enjoying making the show. I appreciate everybody who's subscribed. If you haven't, get that done. Leave us a review, give us a five-star rating, helps get the word out, helps promote the show, helps us grow and make the show uh, better every single time that we do it. We've got a full week of content, of course, uh, coming up on The Athletic and on this podcast. You can check out our previous episodes this week. There's a lot to talk about. 
a whole lot to talk about. If you can subscribe to The Athletic, you can listen to the show ad-free. But if not, wherever you get your podcasts, we're probably going to be there. Uh, so Mitch, uh, he told us that he was he was twiddling around with his calculator, uh, just poking around, and some numbers jumped up and bit you. Mitch, we got to talk about these. What do you got for us today? Yeah, first of all, I, I'm a big stats guy. As I think you will you will hopefully come to appreciate. But uh, <laughs> I, I love the all SEC schedule because all the stats mean the same. Now, Florida 600 yards against Ole Miss. You can say Ole Miss's defense isn't very good, but it's an SEC defense. It's not like in the past where we we could be five games in, David, and you'd have one team that's played four Power 5 opponents in one conference, and you're comparing their stats to a team that's played an FCS team, two bad G5 teams, and you know their, SI, their media relations just talking about how they're averaging 450 yards a game. And, you know, it's just it's so difficult to compare stats. This year, that's not the case because everyone's playing a 10-game season. So last week in the opener, in the opening weekend, three SEC teams had 600-plus yards. Florida, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. Over the last 20 years, that's only happened 56 times. So basically, it's happened 2.8 times a year for the whole season, an SEC team with 600 yards. Happened three times in the first week. Well, asterisk, Mike Leach is in the SEC this year, has not been. Do you make anything of that? Is it a fluke? Is it a product of no hitting, is not as much hitting, or is it just, hey, we're going to have some fun offenses this year? I love it. It's more fun. Uh, I am a, a big proponent of uh, fun football. And listen, I, res- I, I respect the folks that want the, the three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, I'm not a huge proponent of the uh, chuck it around the yard 65 times style. I like a little bit of creativity. Uh, you know, I like what Clemson does, I like what Oklahoma does. But listen, more, uh, more offense, more points. It's more fun. It just is. And, uh, I, I liked it. I mean, it was an entertaining week of football. I think that Florida Ole Miss game, you think about what that looks like, I mean, three years ago, remark- markedly different uh, with Will Muschamp in charge versus, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, 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 Matt Luke, mixture maybe. Of, yeah, the mixture of, of Ole Miss, any pick, take your pick of the Ole Miss coaches in the last, uh, in the last decade. Not as fun as what we saw from Lane Kiffin. They had the double passes, we had all kinds of stuff, great play design. Uh, they were able to move the ball. So I think, you know, I don't think that's an aberration. I think we're going to see a lot more of that this season. And I, for one, am uh, very excited to see that happen. Yeah, one more for you. And this one really surprised me because I, I think it's fair to say heading into the season, it did not look like on paper a great year of SEC quarterbacks. There, there weren't just a lot of proven guys. Now, one of the guys we weren't really talking about having to throw for 600 yards. But no team rushed for 200 yards in week one last year three teams averaged more than 200 in SEC games. So, you know, maybe that's just a a fluke in the the way the the matchups, the certain matchups, but definitely not old school SEC football. Got quarterbacks chucking it all over the yard there. I think that will, I think we'll get back to normalcy a little bit with that. We'll see some teams grinding out some some, uh, 200 yard games, but that one stuck out again. No team rushed for 200 yards. Last year, three teams averaged 200 yards in a game. Yeah, I think Georgia will get there. I think Georgia's probably going to be the, the the closest thing we'll see. I think Tennessee can probably get there in a couple yeah. games. I think their offensive line will be good enough. Uh, that combo, Eric Gray, Ty Chandler, I think they'll they'll hit the 200 mark. They were probably 
somewhat close. I think they were in probably 160, 170 range last week. They had a couple guys, maybe 150, something along those lines. How high did Georgia get against Arkansas? I don't have – Florida had 196. Yeah. They were the highest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we could look it up easily. I think Georgia was probably probably pretty close. Although Bennett, Stetson Bennett, they, they did throw for some yards there. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big – proponent of like you said you know i love offense but i love balance i like what you know if a team to me can rush for 200 and pass for 200 in a game that's mm-hmm. you, you got a happy offensive coordinator if you can do that yeah i want to see creativity and i think you look at the offensive minds in this league i, I think you're going to get that in a lot of spaces obviously lane kiffin i'm a big proponent of todd munkin i think as georgia settles down and figures out what it is and his time goes on and maybe you get a little more normal offseason. I think people I think he really has a chance to shine. I think when you see what what he did at Oklahoma State in, in balancing a really high powered offense and and uh, and being able to do those kinds of things, it was uh, it was fantastic football. Um, so I think that you, you're going to get more of that balance. You're not going to get it with Mike Leach. He says he doesn't hate the uh, hate the run game, uh, but listen, the proof's in the numbers. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. He does. And listen, I uh, he went to, to we went to Death Valley, rolled over uh, LSU and ran for uh, what was the final number? It was like thirty yards, something like that. Well, I think it was, was it, less than that. Was I it think nine Ky- yards. Or yeah, I think it was nine yards. yards. Ky- Kylan Hill had some production, but then some with yeah. sacks and stuff. And speaking of stats, another thing I hate about college football is the the, the sacks take away from the rushing yards. So if you're really trying to figure you're out, you're going to get me on my soapbox here. Yeah, you're going to get me on my soapbox. Okay, so you agree with me on that. I am 100%. It doesn't okay. make sense. It doesn't make sense that the quarterback rush yards would be factored into sacks. He's not running. It doesn't make And I hate when teams sense. brag about, eh, we, we held so-and-so to negative four yards rushing. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, now, you yeah. had a good defensive game because you obviously sacked the quarterback a lot. But, uh, okay, I'm done. I'm done ranting about that <laughs> stat. So, so here's, here's the question as we get into to Mississippi State. What do we make of the Bulldogs? Where, you know, obviously one of the biggest uh, – you know, uh, first impressions of anyone in college football. They won the national team of the week. I should confess, I do vote for that. I voted for Kansas State. I was a little surprised that Mississippi State just rolled over. I thought Kansas State, four-touchdown underdog going on the road to Oklahoma and winning that game. Uh, I was a little surprised by that, especially rallying from down three touchdowns. But, hey, there's something to for dominance. Yeah, uh, your your Big 12 roots, uh, you know, showing there. (laughs) I agree with you. If you would have told me before – the game before the day, who's more, uh, who's less likely to win? I probably would have said Kansas State, especially coming off their loss to Arkansas State. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I would have gone Kansas State as well. So big picture here, are you buying? Are you buying Mississippi State, and what what is their final record? I am buying. I think my decision to buy is helped a little bit by less than impressive week one performances by LSU, which obviously Mississippi State played a part in, and Texas A&M. And Auburn, I give Auburn a passing grade. They, they they did just enough to win. You know, if you didn't know anything about college football and you got dropped in front of your a TV on Saturday and you just watched games, you'd be like, Mississippi State's the best team in the country. You know, mm-hmm. but obviously we, we know things. We, you know, we, we know rosters. We know history that you can't just overreact to one game. Do I think they're a legitimate threat to Alabama in the West? No. I could easily see them finishing third now off of one game. But we can't get carried away. We've seen you know, teams will adjust. Although you can't really simulate what they do in practice. It's difficult to do. I go back to Leach at, Mrs. at Washington State. for He struggled against Washington, a more athletic, 
team, a well-coached defense last couple of years with Jimmy Lake. Not saying that the SEC teams, obviously, they're all well-coached. Most of them are well-coached as well. I just think there's going to be some games where the athleticism and the discipline of the team they're playing, I don't know, overwhelms them, but just takes away things they want to do. So I don't, I don't, they can't do this 10 straight weeks. They can't just overwhelm an opponent. Can I be honest for a second? You need some new college gear. That shirt you have, that one you know you bought freshman year, it's got holes in it. The collar's a little bit uh, frayed. Uh, you can barely even read what school you're actually uh, rooting for. It's not getting the job done. Its best days are behind it. But the good news is, if you check out our new sponsor, Homefield, your best days are ahead of you. The most comfortable vintage college apparel brand that you will ever find. You can dig through their archives find a design that, that you like. They've got 90 schools already. They're already adding schools all the time. If they don't have your school, they're probably trying to get licensed for them right now. So show some school spirit for your favorite team or your alma mater. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use code SEC for 20% off your first purchase. College football is coming back. You better wear a shirt that makes you sure that you know that that's the case. That's Homefield Apparel and use code SEC. 20% off your first purchase today. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think I'm in pretty hard on Mississippi State. I think for one, you know, we talked about Kylan Hill. He's as, you know, he's as good as any offensive weapon in the entire SEC, I think. And I, I've seen a lot of Mike Leach. And listen, when Mike Leach has a competent quarterback who he can mold and can make decisions, I mean, his entire offense is about somebody's going to be open. Can you find that guy? Gardner Minshew did it fantastically at Washington State. He was one of his biggest success so, uh, stories there. Luke Falk did it as well. KJ Anthony, Costello, Anthony Gordon did it too. Yeah, One yeah. year starter last year. Yeah. Anthony Gordon, career backup. Exactly. K.J. Costello fits that mold. All I saw all day was K.J. Costello finding the open man. And I think that, you know, that offense, it's very, very simple. You can install it very, very quickly. And Costello, he looked like he was in control. So you combine that where I think they're going to be able to move the ball pretty consistently against most teams with better athletes as well. Their defense is really underrated. It always gets overlooked uh, under Mike Leach. And then you mix that with, they have a pretty favorable schedule. I mean, Ole Miss is staring 3-0 and in the face here. They may uh, float up and be in that top 10, you know, top 15 sort of situation if they're sitting there at 3-0, and and then they host Texas A&M. I, you look through their schedule, I like them to knock off. You have A&M, Bama, Auburn, and Georgia. I think they win one of those games, and I think they take care of business against everybody else. I like them to go 7-3. and and get there, and really, you know, that's not going to get them in the playoff. That's not going to have them win the West, but in year one, in a year like this, where everyone's predicting doom and gloom for uh, the first-year coaches, Leach and his system were the best positioned to manage some of those things, and here enough, you know, we saw it, an LSU team in transition as well, 
I'm buying the Bulldogs. I say seven and three. I think they are are, are going to be uh, frustrating a lot of people this season, and a lot of SEC fans as well who uh, were not into the air raid, and uh, they're not going to be into it the week after they play Mississippi State. I suspect as well. I think two keys looking at their schedule. I would say if you're going to chalk up the Alabama game as a loss, you might as well just play them in Tuscaloosa. So mm-hmm. the fact that they play Auburn and A and M to their swing if we're going to call those swing games or potential upsets there in Starkville, that really helps. So, um, I, yeah, I don't think 7-3 and three is out of the question by any stretch there. So uh, it, it's amazing how our just we recalibrate after one week. And I think it's key, if he gets off to this great start, how much it's going to help recruiting. It's just like you're mm-hmm. a wide receiver, you're a quarterback, why wouldn't you want to go play for Mike Leach when he's going to be battling? There's, Mississippi is a good ta- state for high school talent, and he's got a charismatic guy up, up on Oxford, too, who put up 600 yards as well. There's going to be some serious battles for the offensive playmakers in that state. Yeah, I. Uh, if we thought last week, last, last year's Egg Bowl is going to be tough to top, both in the entertainment value, the absurdity value, and the, uh, the impact, I don't think they're going to touch, considering how, I mean, they basically took the coaching carousel and flung it as hard as they could at the end with with the lift of one leg in the egg bowl. Uh, all of college football ended up uh, shifting significantly. Uh, fantastic uh, ball game, but this egg bowl, Leach and Kiffin. I mean, we you kind of knew that it was going to be that way, and then of course the pandemic hits, and all the first year coaches like, ah, what do we really expect from these teams? Well. They showed up, play Florida, play LSU, and lit them up. And uh, listen, uh, take the over in that game. What's the over under going to be at eighty five in that in that ball game? I am I'm excited to see that. Yeah, uh, a little yeah. Hey, a little off script here. I want to ask you a quick question. Please do. Um, what team? Well, I've got my team has the most pressure on it this week. Do you think? team with the most I'm, I'm going to I'll give while you think about it I'm going a little off the board obviously Alabama doesn't can't lose to A&M at home if it wants mm-hmm. you know there's there's some obvious ones I think Kentucky has a lot of pressure on it with Ole Miss coming to town after letting one get away at Auburn mm-hmm. if they want to have a, a good season they have to beat Ole Miss at home they lose that game then they go they got Mississippi State coming in then they go to Tennessee and they get Georgia so I you know not saying that Kentucky's going to threaten in the East, but if they want to have the type of season that they think they can have, this is almost a must-win for them. I think that's a good pick. I, I think uh, there was a lot of, hey, Mark Stoops has built something here. Hey, they're well-suited to uh, to stomach the blow of, of, of losing uh, Lynn Bowden. You know, they did it with Josh Allen the year before. They did it with Benny Snell the year before, and they picked up right where they left off. He's built Kentucky. You lose to Ole Miss, all of a sudden you are presenting some 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 big questions about – uh, what this season looks like. So I, I liked Kentucky pick. Uh, I might say, uh, you know, when we're talking about pressure, we're talking about can the wheels fall off. It's not so much are you playing with something to gain, but do you have a lot to lose. I might say Tennessee in this, because if you lose to a Missouri team that is capable of beating you, but you have no reason to believe that you're going to lose that ball game, all of a sudden the entire tanner of your season shifts because, you know, losing to South Carolina would have frustrated Tennessee fans, but South Carolina, you know, you're a three-point favorite, you're on the road, it's still like, you gotta you gotta get it done, but it's not like it's the end of the world if you lose that game. It, to lose to a first-year Missouri team that looked not competitive at all against Alabama last week, I mean, Alabama basically treated that like a scrimmage yeah. and, and just coasted in that game. They weren't, Missouri did not put any threat into them at all, and then they're gonna come into your house and beat you. Uh, I think I may say Tennessee has some pressure. I think people are sort of just saying, 
well, you know, Tennessee, they got it done against South Carolina. They'll be fine against Missouri. They, they threw for 400 yards, you know, the, the year before. But uh, they've, they've got to validate that still, I think. I, I agree. And I don't, you know, we don't know what's going on in that football building. But I think it's an important week for Jeremy Pruitt to keep his team focused because they had, that was a big win. No doubt going mm-hmm. to the road South Carolina. There's a Tennessee fan that I am friends with who I consider really knowledgeable, really level-headed. I saw him post on Twitter Best second best win at Tennessee since whatever. Like he he was treating this as a <laughs> program arriving win. Well, yeah, we'll if you follow <laughs> if you follow that up and lose at Missouri, then it's here we go again type thing. So I I agree with you. I think there's I think they're a better team than Missouri. I think it's up to that coaching staff this week to keep them focused because these guys. Well, maybe not. In years past, Debbie said, oh, they're walking around campus. They're hearing how great they are from their students. Well, no no college football team's walking around campus this year. So maybe that's a good thing for these paranoid <laughs> They're coaches. walking around Zoom right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, listen, uh, as we all said, the road to the SEC championship goes through South Carolina, as it is every year. So if that, <laughs> exactly. if, that, if, that's, your, uh, if that's your bar, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that Jeremy Pruitt's bar may be a little bit higher. I'd hope so. Uh, Here's a question for you. If you're looking around the SEC, obviously the Auburn-Georgia game this week, I mean, the first real heavyweight matchup of the season. If Auburn wins this, you have a Kentucky win under your belt. You have, obviously, a Georgia win. On the road. Are you, Yeah, are, are you saying at this point you like Auburn, who we might want to remind, beat Alabama last year. I think Auburn will be better this year. I think Alabama's probably a better team too, but Auburn as well. If Auburn wins this game, are, are you buying into them as this is a this is a playoff team? Yeah, I think you'd have to. Obviously, you want to see the game to mm-hmm. see what plays out, and just that Georgia doesn't just completely, you know, you know, combust and is just terrible. But you know, we don't think that's going to be the case at all. If Auburn wins at Georgia, that's obviously a, a very big win. Again, going back to what I said before, knowing what we saw from LSU in Texas A and M. I think Auburn, a win at Georgia, would have to put them in that clearly top six, top seven national, even maybe even higher there. I, I'm. This is a very difficult game to predict. They're all difficult to predict. This is one of those, if you think you know what's going to happen, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. But I, I, I think there's been – I'm going with a little market correction on Georgia. I think Georgia comes mm-hmm. home, and I don't, think, I don't necessarily think they're going to solve their quarterback situation in, in one week, but I like what they did defensively uh, against Arkansas – uh, their run defense was good. They they held um, uh, Rakeem Boyd a really good back at Arkansas, like twenty one care twenty one yards and eleven carries. And, and, and Auburn's running backs did not really run the ball very well against Kentucky. Um, Auburn has struggled the last two years offensively against Georgia. I think it's a good matchup for Georgia. I like Georgia to win the game. But to your point, yeah, if they go in there and win, I think we have to start talking about them as a potential playoff team. Mm-hmm. I think you're. I, I, I think we're right on this. I think um, you know. Certainly, that's a game where where you uh, you have arrived a little bit. I like Auburn to win it. I think Georgia. I think Ooh. there's a lot of assuming that Georgia's just going to snap out of it. But we're still talking about what well, you. I mean, we have to assume with J T. Daniels now cleared, we're going to see him this weekend. Uh, but he still hasn't taken contact. It's unclear exactly how many live reps he's taken. I. You know, I liked Georgia big picture. I liked them in the playoff in the preseason. But I, you know, when a team shows you who they are, I think in in some ways you have to believe them. And I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think this is going to be a, uh, a, a really physical ball game. But one of these teams has a guy who can make a play, 
and can can be a game changer at quarterback, and it's not Georgia. And Seth Williams was, I thought, the best player on the field at times yeah. for Auburn. He is a he's a man. I don't know. He's a man among boys. He's a man against other men, but he's uh, he <laughs> he's was, a he's a much bigger man who yes. knows how to use his body and out jump people compared to he, other well sized men who aren't quite <laughs> as good as those things. Exactly. <laughs> He was he was a difference maker in that game, and and you know I know Georgia has some talented young wide receivers, and, and but I think he he'll be the best wide receiver on the field there. I think Bo Nix was was good against Kentucky. It looks like he's progressing, made that freshman to sophomore year jump there. So nothing would surprise me in this game. I'm just kind of going back to the old, you know, you follow the recruiting rankings. You know how talented Georgia is. Um, home a sense of urgency but I think it's it's fascinating the quarterback situation we're not going to stop talking about this quarterback situation in mm-hmm. Georgia all season mm-hmm. and I think you know I think we probably will see all three of those guys maybe not get starts this year but play meaningful snaps I suspect that that will be the case um, Georgia's perfect world JT Daniels comes out there and he's 24 30 for 260 yards a touchdown and no picks no turnovers That'd be too easy. That'd be too easy. Yeah, and they can move on, but I, I, I'm just not really buying that we're going to see that. I think the growing pains for Georgia, they looked pretty real against Arkansas, and I think, you know, Arkansas just beyond, you know, offensively, I thought Arkansas was kind of a, a, a wild card, but defensively, there was no reason why they shouldn't be able to, to, to roll, and again, when a team shows you who they are, I think you kind of have to believe them. And uh, and we'll see, but I like Auburn in that ball game. Yeah, you mentioned Arkansas's defense. I wanted to bring up this point. Uh, I think that and I don't necessarily think either of these teams are going to win a bunch of ball games or really affect the race in either division. But after one week, uh, one thing I noticed: I think Arkansas and Vanderbilt, the two on paper worst teams in the league, are going to be much better coached from a coordinator standpoint. I uh, thought mm-hmm. John Chavis last few years of you know you look at his numbers at Texas A and M; they were not good. And then Arkansas hires him, and he was not good as a defensive quarter. His numbers weren't good at, at Arkansas. Barry Odom comes in. Obviously, we know what he did at Memphis and then Missouri as the defensive coordinator before he came at coach. They looked solid defensively. And I thought Vanderbilt last year was very poorly coached from a coordinator standpoint. Derek Mason made the very difficult decision of firing two of his best friends in the coaching world and replacing them. And Ted Roof, defensively, they, they did a very good job on Texas A&M. They were aided by some turnovers, but they, they kept Kellen Mond. They kind of bottled him in. And then Todd Fitch, who they brought in from Louisiana Tech, the numbers weren't good there, but they looked much more organized offensively. So I think more highly of both of the projected seventh-place teams than I did a week ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that will do it for the Thursday edition of Football and Grits. And we left you on some Auburn talk. There's going to be plenty more. Later this week, uh, Cole Kublick, the uh, the Sultan of offensive line talk uh, in the SEC, will be uh, joining the show. John and and uh, and Cole will be making picks on Friday. We'll have a new guest every single week. Cole's fantastic. Um, he, uh, I think, my favorite thing he does is posting the the offensive line clips on Twitter. But he's great, of course, in his actual job as a uh, sideline reporter and analyst for uh, the SEC. All kinds of stuff from from ESPN to the SEC Network, and uh, you know he's going to uh, give you plenty of insight uh, on the Tigers and, of course, the rest of the SEC. So come back uh, on Friday for that show. They'll be picking games against the spread. Thank you guys for tuning in again. I am David Ubbin with the Athletic. Mitch Light, you can follow him at Mitch Light. 
no real tricks to the to the name, Mitch. It's very simple, I think. Yeah, I was excited because I was at Athlon Sports for you know eighteen years, and my my Twitter handle was at Athlon Mitch. And when I left <laughs> for the Athletic, I was like, "There's no way Mitch Light's going to be available on Twitter." And then I just at Mitch Light, and it was there. So I wow, was, look at that! Look at I that! Was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was it was one of the great moments in my life, David. Actually. Fortuitous, fortuitous. Yes. Well, thank you, Mitch. We will be back, uh, the two of us, next Thursday. But again. Make football and grits part of your daily uh, routine. Uh, again, in a weird season, make us your anchor every weekday. I'm here Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Mitch joins me on Thursday. Come back tomorrow. Cole Kublik, subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, it helps the show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow on Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC Podcast. 